One of the greatest obstacles to crafting health and wellness is identifying and controlling inflammation. It's at the core of all complex and chronic diseases, and it's the driving mechanism that underlies the most common symptoms that people like you struggle to overcome. Join us as we explore cutting-edge science and research to give you the information and tools you need to create the quality of life you want and deserve. And now, here is the host of Inflammation Nation, Dr. Stephen Nosworthy. In the last episode, we, we talked about this idea of the metabolic tipping point. In fact, I think I mentioned that in the last two episodes, but um, have only defined it kind of in a very surface way. But if you've been tracking with the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about how when you have an inflammatory issue, you're part of the inflammation nation, that there's only so much exercise and activity you can do before you do too much in the effort to get better. And doing too much means you actually start losing ground. And so we talked a little bit about things like exercise tolerance. How much can you do? How much can you perform and, and still recover from? And and over time, as you as you lose that battle, your performance suffers, and then your recovery suffers, and then you start making compromises in, in what you do or how often you do it, ultimately to the point where you abandon it. And, and so now comes in this idea of the metabolic tipping point. And the metabolic tipping point, I don't, obviously there's a podcast, and if you're listening on Apple or iTunes or Spotify, whatever, you're not going to see any graphics. I do post these on YouTube, by the way, but I'm not using any visuals to, to aid that. But and I don't know if you remember, you know, back in high school, you probably learned about something called the bell curve. And in essence, it's a, you know, well, it kind of looks like the profile of a bell. It, it starts on one bottom end and slopes up to the top, and then there's a downside. So it's kind of like an upside and a downside. Think about a hill. You drive up a hill, you get to the top, and then you drive down the hill. Well, the metabolic tipping point represents the point that if the demand of your exercise and activity is kind of going up and approaching that, but not going over that tipping point, that is what I call the sweet spot where you're maximizing the return for whatever chosen modality of exercise you're doing. And so you're doing as much as you can and still perform and recover Whereas if you went just a little bit further, you'd be over the hump, so to speak, and you'd be on the downside. And now that's the point where the demand of your activity exercise is more than you can handle, meaning you're overwhelmed with free radical production, overwhelmed with inflammation. You can't dampen those. And so now performance and recovery starts to suffer. And, and that's really kind of the core of the issue. It's like, how much can you do without seeing a change in your performance and your recovery capacity. So referring to something that I said in the last episode, one of the questions on my, my personal coaching uh, intake questionnaire uh, is basically, what is your exercise tolerance? And, and one of the potential answers is, I can exercise a little, but it's easy to overdo it. That is somebody who is playing around. They're just kind of like riding the line of I'm very close to my tipping point and I'm almost over it. I mean, clearly, if you're over your metabolic tipping point, um, you are by necessity going to have to reduce volume and intensity and frequency of exercise and activity. Whereas if you can exercise a little, but it's easy to overdo it, you're kind of you're kind of skirting the issue. You're kind of right at that point where a little bit more is going to be too much for you. And so if you understand that general concept that there's only so much you can do without overtraining yourself, 
which is easy to do when you're chronically inflamed, especially if you're having frequent flare-ups, say, of an autoimmune problem. Let me say it this way. The more inflamed you are and the more consistently you are more inflamed, the easier it is to overwhelm your system. And if you're locked into an inflammatory cycle and you've been that way for a long time, chances are you're not doing the things that you used to do in terms of activity and exercise. And so you, you kind of have to look at a couple of different parameters to understand where you are. Can you exercise at all? And if you can, how much can you do before you start to see uh, a reduction in performance and recovery? And we can even split those two things out. And ideally, they're really kind of two sides of the same coin, but you have to ultimately look at them together in conjunction with each other to really get a full understanding of where you are. Because if we, like the honest truth is we can take any athlete in the world and we can overtrain them. All it means, all we have to do is just give them more activity and exercise and less rest. And eventually we'll find how much they can't do before they start to suffer. But usually there's kind of a an orderly sequence of events. As you start to erode your capacity to do things and recover, the first thing that happens actually is that you start to see a change in your recovery capacity. So let's say that you have someone going to the gym and doing some mixture of uh, cardio and resistance training. And, um, you know, what they used to be able to do is say, go to the gym on Monday. Maybe they take Tuesday off as a rest day. They're back in the gym on Wednesday. And they can push just as hard on Wednesday as they did on Monday because they've not overwhelmed their system. They've had a day of rest in between. They've recuperated, they've recovered, and they're ready to go. And that's actually a very good metric of whether or not you're balancing your capacity to control free radicals and inflammation or not. And so what tends to happen is somebody gets up to the top of their, their metabolic tipping point and get really close to that point where they're starting to do too much. The first thing that begins to, to suffer is your recoverability. And so instead of working out Monday, skipping Tuesday as a rest day and, and performing just as well on Wednesday, now they have to take two days off or maybe it's a day and a half. Maybe they can't go first thing Wednesday morning, but they have to give themselves another six or eight or 10 hours and they go to the gym on Wednesday afternoon. Or to make it just more clear, instead of having one rest day in between exercise sessions, they have to take two. So they work out Monday and Thursday. If they worked out Wednesday, then they're overtrained. And if they work out Thursday, then they're okay. So it, the very first thing that we see that gives us a clue that somebody's is starting to match or exceed their metabolic tipping point is they need more recovery to do the same stuff. And of course, that recovery period can take longer and longer and longer. And it is feasible, of course, for someone to work out on a Monday and if if their performance or if their recovery is suffering enough, they might have to wait three, four days, five days before they can do it again. And, and it's, you know, just, it, it's, it's noted in their ability to push hard, to push through discomfort or pain, or just to kind of keep that mental grit and determination that says, yes, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to give everything I have. Now, there are other things that you can monitor and measure as well which would be, you know, how sore are you? Especially if you're doing resistance type training, that's a pretty easy thing to track. You know, you're either sore or you're not. It's pretty easy to determine if you're more or less sore today than you were yesterday. Of course, now in the age of electronics, we have all kinds of fancy gadgets that 
allow us to measure things that we couldn't, or at least couldn't do easily, even just a few years ago. And that is checking things like your heart rate variability, which we'll probably do that as a, as a separate topic because it's a pretty neat field. And there are some easy things you can do with smart watches and you know other tools and gadgets. We'll come back to that on a different day. But nevertheless, let me get back to the, the main point that I want to make in this episode is how do you know if you're exceeding your metabolic capacity? Well, the first clue is that you need more rest in between your workout days to be able to go back and perform at the same level. And over time, as you start to erode your capacity to perform and recover, in other words, you're bumping up against your metabolic capacity, it means that from a biochemical standpoint, you have more free radicals, more inflammation that you're not controlling, or it takes you longer. So instead of one rest day in between sessions, you have two. Instead of two, you have three, and you have to keep extending that time frame out. But there comes a time where no matter how much rest you have in between, it's not just your recovery capacity that is suffering, it's your ability to perform. And so what that means is that if you're doing cardio, for example, you you can't sustain the same pace for the same amount of time. Or if you're lifting weights, you can't lift a given amount of weight for the same number of sets and repetitions. In other words, you have to start making compromises on the volume and the intensity of what you're doing inside the gym when you're in the gym. So the first step where you start to lose ground is in your recovery capacity, meaning your recovery window has to be longer. And the second clue is that you have a decrease in your performance. Now, sometimes what happens before you see a decrease in performance is you start to see these kind of chronic overuse injuries crop up. And this is this is something that doesn't show up with everyone, but when it does, it's, it's a clear indicator. And what that might look like is someone who, you know, they can go to the gym and they can get the work done, but maybe it takes another 15 minutes of warm-up and prep work. Maybe they have to do a lot of soft tissue mobilization and rolling, or they have to do more warm-up sets to be able to perform at the same level, but as long as they do that, they're okay. So now all of a sudden we have kind of three relatively clear things to look at to determine whether or not you are starting to violate your own capacity to perform and recover. So the first thing is looking at your recovery window. Does it take more time for you to recover to be able to go back and perform at the same level? There's an intermediate step, which sometimes is there, sometimes is not. And that is the, the appearance or the persistence of nagging injuries, which tend to increase the need to do warm-up sets or preparatory work before you actually do your, you know, perform your work. And then finally, and this is where it should become absolutely clear to you, is that you simply can't do the same volume or intensity of work, whether that's cardio or resistance training or anything else, um, you can't do what you used to be able to do. And ultimately what happens if you're really not paying attention to how your body is speaking to you as it relates to this progression, is you get to the point where instead of being in the gym four days a week, you're, you're there twice a week, and then you're there once a week, and then you're not there at all, and you're still feeling bad. So remember that, you know, this, this entire mini-series about exercise and inflammation is to help you understand that in the larger picture, it is better if you are active in exercising than it is not. But that doesn't mean you blindly forge ahead and just, you know, go, 
join a gym and hire a personal trainer and have them throw you into the same workout that they will with every other client that they have, you have to have some kind of a, a sensible approach that meets you where you are with your capacity to perform and recover. So just keep those in mind, right? It's about an increasing window of recovery time, the presence of nagging injuries or the need to do preparatory and warm-up work to be able to perform at the same level or some kind of a compromise in your performance when you're actually at the gym or doing your cardio work, even if that's outside. So tips and tricks, practical hints to help you figure out what to do and what you can tolerate. Let's wait till next episode and we'll talk about more. Thank you so much for listening to the Inflammation Nation. If you found this episode valuable, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Be the first to know when a new episode drops so that you can stay on top of your game. It also helps others like you find the answers they need. And why not head over to my main website, drnoseworthy.com, that's drnoseworthy.com, to explore my personalized functional medicine coaching programs, submit a question to the podcast, maybe take a quiz, or even reach out to me using the contact form that you can find there. We'll see you next time.